Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Below 500 podcast. I'm Wiz. I'm Gooch. I'm Hunter. Before we get back into things, I need to clarify some of the things I was called out on for in the recent weeks. For all my Cowboys comments, I came off as that annoying Cowboys fan. I want to let everyone know I don't try and be that annoying Cowboys fan. I do. Just comes naturally. <laughs> it, co- it comes naturally, but I'm not. I'm not the people who genuinely think we're going to win the Super Bowl every single year. So I'm going to clarify some of my takes real quick. The reason I'm so high on them this year: one, we have the second easiest schedule in the league this year. Two, we have Dan Quinn, who is a proven head coach in recent years, or proven defensive coach. We've always hired these old ass defensive coordinators who have, you know, a good record from. 10, 20 years ago, and they end up sticking it up with the Cowboys. He drafted almost all defense in the draft. Maybe he knows what he's doing. Maybe he has a plan. Maybe we're going to be a top-half defense and with our offense be something good. And let's see. Let's see. I was not prepared for this. I don't want to say all this. But the reason I'm optimistic and the reason I've talked shit about things like the Buccaneers to beat in the week one because if we are as good as I could hope and have this easy schedule, if we do come out and beat the Bucks week one, then we've shut everyone up. We have an easy schedule to ride out. We make the playoffs. And maybe with how good our offense is, a decent defense, we might have a shot. It, it's not crazy to think. So before we're going to anything else, I wanted to ask y'all, I don't know if y'all have it up, but if y'all were to guess the Cowboys record, what would it be? I think I said like 14 and 30. Yeah, that's what you said. Um, Jesus. All right. Uh, I don't even know like what y'all's schedule is. What are y'all like non-division games? The Bucks. Y'all play the Chiefs, right? Mm-hmm. Y'all play the Panthers? Yeah, I'm trying to I'm gonna pull it up real quick and screen share. But just just to get a I know y'all won't be as high on the schedule as I am, but like y'all look at this and y'all will see a lot of wins. I'm hoping. Well, yeah, y'all are playing literally the easiest division in football in the second easiest schedule. So let's see. Ooh, where's it at? We eight nine. <laughs> Shut up, Hunter. <laughs> I'll kill myself. Right. Write it down. Give me eight nine. I'm taking All right. nine. All right, I'll go. I say, let's go. I'm gonna give y'all a week win. L. <laughs> week two. Um, I'll give you the dub in week two. Oh, the Chargers. Chargers. What? Who's not... who's stopping? Yeah. On the Chargers defense, who's stopping the Dallas offense? Dallas is going to score 67 points. Thank you, Gooch. Anyways, Eagles, dub. Carolina, dub. So what are we at? Three and one. New York, (laughs) dub. We're four and one. New England, L. See, but on your prediction. Okay. (laughs) But but we weren't going to get Julio Jones when I predicted that. Okay. Now we've got now we're getting Julio Jones. We're winning. Vikings. I'll go, I'll go dub. Denver. Never mind. I'm gonna go L. Falcons, dub. Kansas City. 
L. Raiders, Dub. Saints could go either way. But I'll be generous and give you all the dub. And then honestly, I think after the Saints, I, I could see y'all splitting with Washington. So let's, let's say y'all split with Washington and win out the rest. So that gives y'all L against Washington, L against Kansas City, uh, L against Denver, New England, and Tampa. So what's that? 12 and 5? 12 and 5. Are, are you assuming Aaron Rodgers is in Denver? Um, it's not out of the question. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, which I mean, 12, hey, hey, 12 and 5, super no. respectable. Y'all win the division with 12 and 5. But like I said, there's a couple games in there that I think yeah. could go either way. I've got, y'all, I've got y'all splitting with Washington. Y'all could easily lose both against Washington. Mm-hmm. But, but um, I think I the gave schedule. There's hope. There's I gave reason. y'all the dub. I gave y'all the dub against the Saints. I think y'all could lose that one against the Saints. And I I wouldn't write off Arizona either. So what? That's three more losses. What's that? So five, 12 and five. That's nine and eight. Nine and eight. So I, yeah, I think y'all are realistically in the nine and eight to 12 and five region. But, but that's like after coming off such a disappointing year where even, even but when... it wasn't disappointing, it was unhealthy. Like, yeah. If you just take away the injuries, y'all are not a five and 16 team. So, yeah. I mean, so... yeah, I think, I don't think anybody expects y'all to go five and 16 again. Five what did one. I say? Five and sixteen. Five yeah, and you you get it. Five wins. Yeah, but yeah. So I, I and I think the team's hungry too. Hungry for what? Oh, Zeke hungry for more cereal. <laughs> hey, that is the greatest goddamn video ever. Weren't you just talking the other day that you would be mad to see Tony Pollard play over Zeke? No, that was someone else. I said they should split the steps. Tony Pollard is a really good dual threat running back. He's oh, he's probably the he, best backup in the league. He, he he probably he he him and Zeke. If Zeke can return to his old form a little bit, him and Zeke might be a better one-two punch than what the Browns have. And he touches the ball two times a game. Oh no, Browns. Are okay, nice. all right, get this so schedule Hunter, off my Hunter. Oh. Well, Hunter, are you going to throw something out there? Or are you stick you, you sticking with eight and nine? Eight nine. I looked at the schedule and went through it. You you don't. I think you just, you want me to stick with eight and nine. Eight and nine, but still, like, because I looked at the schedule and now I'm looking like uh, could be six and eleven. But... Oh, <laughs> okay. Hey, okay. that's still better than last year. <laughs> so Gooch, who knows what he's talking about, says <laughs> nine and eight at worst. I'm not crazy. There's hope, and if we do come out and beat Tampa Bay Week One with this easy schedule, if we come out and it's beat not Tampa... happening, buddy. Okay, okay. We come out and beat Tampa Bay week one. Now, do you have more hope that we're beating some of those teams we lost? No. I think if y'all beat Tampa Bay week one, y'all fall into the Chargers trap game week two. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I I just got some PTSD. One and one either way. I just got some PTSD. How do you have a week two trap game? (laughs) Yeah, I remember three years ago or two years ago, we were 3 and oh, We lost one to Green Bay. Then we lost to the Jets. (laughs) I wanted to kill myself. How do you have a week two trap game? That's funny. But anyways, we'll get get into what Hunter's been itching for this for like three weeks now. 
big, big NBA episode today. So transitioning to the NBA, the regular season is over. It is playoff time. Now, with it being playoff time, the teams that didn't make it, they're kind of struggling. They want to – organizations might want to change some things. So we got some NBA head coaches that are on the hot seats. First, which is kind of a surprise to me. Not really surprised, but it's, it's weird to hear this name. But it's Terry Stotts of the Portland Trailblazers. What are y'all's opinions on that? Y'all think maybe Portland yeah. wants to shake it up a bit? So I don't want to spend too much time on each one of these, but if I had to like sum it up quickly, do you think the Blazers aren't getting over the hump because of Terry Stotts? Or do you think just Lillard and CJ McCollum aren't as good as Kawhi and PG I don't are? Think like, it's a, I don't think it's, it's, it's a not talent a issue. No, I mean, because no, like, I think Dame's as good as anybody out there. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's just what the the perception of it is that they've been su- very successful in terms of making the playoffs, mm-hmm. but it's just that they're too consistent. My, well, they're, like they're, they're they're what I say about like when we're there were the Thunder were for a couple of years. They're in mm-hmm. like that eight to like six seed like purgatory where like you're good enough to make the playoffs, but you're not really good enough to win anything, and you're too good to get any good draft picks. Yeah, so, it's like it's like they met they they're at their plateau. Yeah, and so, people inside are possibly thinking they're going to move move on in favor for a, a bigger name target. Yeah. So if I had to put it simpler, give a good example, it'd be the Warriors. Because remember, they were like they were matching up with the Clippers every playoffs. It's like a five or six seed and getting Mark Jackson every year with Mark Jackson. They were the same exact team the year before and the year after when they signed Stephen or Steve Kerr. They just turned around completely. So. I don't know. If, if they're feeling like they're just stagnant, they're not getting better, and they feel like they have the right pieces, then do it. And, like, I think it would, like, have a lot to do with what's going on, like, behind closed doors. Like, I think, like, if we were to find out that, like, Dame's not happy with the coach, oh, yeah. then, yeah, I think he's probably out the door. Oh, yeah. But... Well, Dame's never reported being happy there altogether. He wants to stay in Portland. But... But... <laughs> but I, I, I see him staying if they make, like, a, if they make it to the Western College Finals, I see him staying. But, but I, if he gets bounced now in the second round, I see him see them moving on. James Harden has said, Cal, no, no, no I, I don't even want to get into it too much. But he said, year and year again, I want to be with Houston, Houston, Houston. But just falling short over and over again takes a toll on you. Yeah. I mean, Paul George said he wanted to stay in OKC <laughs> the year before he left. He said he wanted to stay in Indiana his whole career, like the year before he demanded to trade. I, I do and don't blame the players at the same time, but, like, if. Yeah. All right, so real quick, do y'all see him staying or leaving? The coach? Yeah. I, I think it just – I think it all hinges on what happens in the playoffs. Yeah. Like, I think if they have a bad showing in the playoffs, he's gone. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with Gooch on that. All right, next would be Nate Jorkren of the Indiana Pacers. Reportedly has not meshed well with players. TJ Warren requested a trade whenever he got announced as head coach. And whenever they didn't want to grant him his trade, he opted for season-ending surgery instead. Uh, also, reportedly, a longtime assistant coach resigned because he no longer wanted to work with him. So, oh, yeah. give, me, give me him to be out the door. Yeah, I think he's out because that's a deep team that kind of like – that team gives me not exactly the same, but like Atlanta Hawks vibes. 
couple like mid 2010s whenever they like were number one team and like no one was like mvp talent on that team mm-hmm. but everyone was just a a1 contributor yeah so yeah. Uh, that team That's- is stacked yeah, the only sad thing is that injuries did play a part of it this season too. But if you're if you're that good and you think you're that good, I think they're that good. I think you switch out the coach. Your players aren't happy. Oh yeah, I mean I, I see him being gone, but you got to think Brogdon was out, Sabonis missed games, Miles Turner missed games. When they got Levert, he was out for a long time. Yeah, but I mean it's not like they were like a top five team in the East before that like yeah. and if if you get that many players out and like perhaps the injury thing well one of the injury things was elective because of the coach so. yeah yeah but like yeah. i said they could be a top team they give me atlanta right. Hawks vibes with the right coach oh yeah right yeah so, i think he's gone yeah me too so next is kind of similar to mike stotts but mike budenholzer milwaukee bucks He's had a 0.713 win percentage, three seed this year, but kind of plateaued again. Can't yeah. get past the hump with Giannis okay. already there. So this one, I think, is – like I don't think like with Portland, it's like make the conference finals or fire the coach. Mm-hmm. I think with Milwaukee, it's make the conference finals. And then even if – if you get like – if you lose in like five or even six and like mm-hmm. it's not like a real tough six – Mm-hmm. Like if you don't really like show up in the conference finals and compete, he's gone. Like this Milwaukee yeah. team has no reasons to have not at least not I won't say been to a finals, but at least made it deep into a conference final series. I'm yeah, I'm I agree. Me, with uh, yeah, I just see it's it, to me it's finals or bust. So yeah, I, I agree with that. When you think about the two teams they've lost to to get to the finals, is the or I think they lost to the Heat before the conference Yeah, last finals. year. Last year, round two. But, I mean, still, like, you should have lost. The Heat were hot. But right. you should well, lose and, like, the Heat. I don't think it's all the coaches' fault. I think the players mm-hmm. that they have there are, yeah. like, part of the problem. Like, I mean, I've said before, Giannis is a very game-planable player. Like, everyone knows what they're getting from Giannis now. And when it gets into these deep series-type matchups – yeah good playoff caliber teams can account for what Giannis brings to the table. So mm-hmm. I think that's a big part of like what's going on in Milwaukee, but you're not cutting Giannis or trading Giannis. No, no it's they're gonna, just trying to an extension. Yeah, yeah. You're going to ax the coach before you ax Giannis. And I'm going to give yeah. one perfect comparison for that at my expense again, but I kind of, the Rockets took the Warriors mm-hmm. to seven the year after they kind of, they lost in six, and it was a week six, like you said, Gooch. Like, it didn't yeah. really feel like we ever had any hope of winning that. So, right. if they come out and have a series like that against anyone that's mm-hmm. not the finals, like, mm-hmm. something's got to change. Yeah. Yeah. And, all right, this next one, I'll, I'll throw this in here. He's been reported safe, but it's, it's kind of a, a sticky situation to me is Luke Walton. So, he's been reported safe, but – Likely it's because that he has a clause in his contract to where if he's fired, his remaining contract cannot be spread out over several years. It has to be oh. all paid at one time. So, so it's really like, are the Kings in save money mode or do they want to just go ahead and rebuild? Keep on rebuilding. So the Kings are better than their record, I would say. And 
what, what's the coach's name again? Um, Luke Walton. Luke Walton. So Luke Walton, the, ass- the previous assistant assistant yes. coach of the Warriors, when Steve he, Kerr was out, he benefited from Steve Kerr being hurt for some reason, not being able to be on the sidelines. In that, mm-hmm. what that it's when they had KD too, right? He benefited. Mm-hmm. He got carried by the greatest team probably ever. Got exactly. a got a job with the Lakers. Lakers was young and inexperienced, and then got fired so LeBron can get his guy and his coach. So I get why there was a perception that he might still be good. Mm-hmm. But now, just <laughs> if he doesn't have his entire stacked Warrior squad, he's he's not. Yeah. And I, I think it, yeah. it just comes down to like what you want to do from a GM standpoint. Like you were saying with that clause in his contract, like if you're ready to lean in to just completely blow it up and do a true rebuild, then yeah, I mean, I think you kind of pull the trigger on that. But if you're not really ready to just eat that much cost and kind of dig yourself a little bit of a hole to climb out of, then I think you just kind of keep kind of trying to go the direction you're going and seeing if you can kind of make chicken salad out of the situation. In a quick yeah, I just question. thought it was fishy. Uh, I, go ahead. I've had a question for y'all kind of pertaining to like coaches' salary. So like I know every player and even players you cut the leftover salary and stuff like that goes towards the salary cap. Do coaches go towards the salary cap, or is that like out of like owner's pocket? I've never even thought about that. Like, I don't think it goes towards the salary cap. I think it's something different. Like, but it's it's got to be out of like the team's profit though. Just oh yeah, it's, it's, I don't think but, it's from necessarily the salary cap, but probably but if like you, something to do with ownership. But if you cut a coach and you're still paying him, and then you're hire another coach it's not like it's hurting who you what players you can sign it's it's coming out of someone's pocket well think about it do you think the guys walking up and down the aisles throwing out beer you think they're part of the salary cap no no but coach is a little different like because yeah why would would these millionaire billionaire owners really be worrying about having to pay a coach yes well so but you're you're looking at like you're not looking at like the lakers like the lakers aren't, aren't worrying about that you're looking at the Kings like I'm not gonna say they're a small market team but I could realistically see the Kings maybe having like not trouble but like worrying about like all right if I have to eat x amount of millions of dollars to buy out my coach am I gonna Mm -hmm. have enough left in the tank to go after insert name of some free agent I want to get in the offseason okay I get that exactly salary cap comes out of their pocket and stuff like that too right like that's all money that's coming out of the the team's the owner's bank account like Mm -hmm. I think salary cap doesn't but once you go over it sorry Hunter I keep interrupting you but like so salary cap I think the NBA gives teams money to sign the players once you go over hit the luxury tax, that comes out of owner's pocket, I think. And that's mm-hmm. why you see small market teams. Yeah, like yeah the luxury tax does. Not doing it. Who's in OKC having to trade players like OKC had trade I mean, Harden? OKC like used to not have a problem with the luxury tax. We used to be deep in the luxury tax. Yeah, but that's why y'all got rid of yeah. Harden. Y'all didn't want to, at that time, y'all yeah. didn't want to. Yeah. Well, even, even after Harden, even in like the, the KD Russ like Cantor days mm-hmm. Cantor had us like his I can remember we were paying him like I think it was like 15 million or something God. but with his like when you accounted for the luxury tax it was costing us like 37 million fucking dollars or something ridiculous that's fine and like because I remember like they said like whenever we uh bought out Carmelo Anthony it was like 
a handful of million dollars. Yeah. Can't remember how much it was. But in the salary tax, it saved us like seven million dollars, I think, in salary tax oh, money. Yeah. It was something just like yeah, three times what we were paying them. Yeah. But yeah, to kind of show that they're the Kings are tight on money is that they didn't match Atlanta's offer for a Bogdan Bogdanovich, which last year had a breakout season for oh, the yeah. Kings. So yeah. uh, it's just a weird situation. I was wondering why. I figured he'd be fired because there's no reason they should have been this bad. Mm-hmm. So, but here, here's going to be controversial opinion about the Kings is like Steph Curry is great. Steph Curry had an MVP or a uh, MVP type season, but everyone Draymond Green, he's he's a good player, but people he's he's not scoring. Wiseman was disappointment. Everyone else was a disappointment on the team, really. People are playing great on the Kings all year. Like they have so many good young players. I think all around with Clay Hurt, they might be a better team than the Warriors. But just coaching, you put Steve Kerr on both teams. I think maybe the the Kings come away with a better record. That's really controversial. That, that, that's a that's a pretty hot take. I mean, uh, moving on. The Warriors on. aren't deep. <laughs> all right. Anyways, we got any more coaches? Next. Yeah, I got like two or three. There's uh, Scott Brooks of the Washington Wizards, which he started off the year pretty soft, but finished strong. Uh, it's the final year of his contract, but the Wizards yeah. are dealing with a, a good bit of injuries this year also. I'd yeah, I I think he stays. I mean, like I said, they finished hot. They finished way better than a team that everyone thought they were. And, I, I mean, I don't personally know, like, how Russ feels about him, but oh. I know they have a history – I know they have a history from being in OKC together. So I think as long as that relationship is still intact, I think he probably stays. Yeah, it still is. Russ and Bradley Bill both came out publicly and said they have the, his high support. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, especially with how they, they finished out the last half of the season, I think he's staying put right where he's at. Yeah, so do I. I'm agree with Gooch. All right, moving on. We've got Dwayne Casey of the Detroit Pistons. He won Coach of the Year back in 2017 and 2018 and then was fired right after and signed with Detroit. But since then, he's had the fifth worst winning percentage. What team was he on? He's on the Pistons. What team was he on when he won those? Oh, oh, Toronto. Toronto, that's what I thought. Yep, go ahead and give me fired again. Yeah, I do too. They finished with the second. I just don't think there's any hope in the city of Detroit right now for that franchise. No, there's not. I'm going to say fired, but I'm going to say it's also at, at the time not his fault because who is on the Detroit? Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, name name me a player on the Detroit Pistons. Yeah, like Jeremy Grant. Okay. I mean, like, <laughs> that's well, not chill. It's not but, who. He's most improved player. Candidate. Yeah. 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 Anyways, but yeah, I mean, like, I, yeah, I just don't think there's a lot going on in Detroit right now. And like, I think yeah, when you got a team like that where there's like really just nothing really going on in your organization, the easiest way to shake it up, like you can't get much worse. Mm-mm. Fire a new, yeah. fire the coach, bring a new coach in. Maybe you'll get better. Who knows? I think they have a chance just... to have a number one pick this year. Yeah, yeah. I just think it doesn't matter for that team. <laughs> well, that, oh, that, that's, that like they're in like a they're in a win win situation. Like you fire the coach, you get a new coach, you do better. Then you did a good job. Yeah. You fire the coach, you get a new coach, coach does the same. Oh well, you're not any worse than you were before. Yeah. 
you just hate to see him go somewhere else and like with better players and do better. See, it was oh, it was us. <laughs> we were the problem. I just I just feel like if they have a good guard, they do good because they have a good front court. They have Jeremy Grant and they have Isaiah Stewart, which is a pretty promising rookie. They've got like ten centers and power forwards on that team. <laughs> oh, I forgot they have Mason Plumlee too. Oh I forgot god. about him. They signed like four centers last year. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, and then Christian right. would go. I only got two left. I'm wrong. I had uh, Steve Clifford of the Orlando Magic. That's pretty self-explanatory. He's been known to draw competitiveness out of suboptimal rosters, but hasn't done jack shit in Orlando. Finished so, the season on a seven-losing streak. If I'm going to – they've been like the eight and seven seed, something like that, in the past two, three years. So it seems like they took a real step back he also this year. Had, well, they also traded away Vucevic. And, yeah. Traded away Vooch, traded away the guy to Denver. Uh, what's his name? Oh, I can't think of his name. Why am yeah. I drawing a blank? Is who, who's the injured player? They got um Jonathan Isaac is injured. And Markel Fultz. Markel Fultz. He was so Markel Fultz was finally breaking out into something. Yes, and Jonathan Isaac year. was getting a bunch drawing a bunch of comps to Kawhi whenever he played. But I'm going to say, if you traded Vucevic and that other guy I can't think of right now, you, you go fire. Aaron Gordon. Rebuild. Aaron Gordon. You fire and rebuild. Or reconfigure. Yeah, I just I don't see him staying there. I feel like they're going to get rid of him. What's what's D-back, Gooch? Uh, company I used to work for. Baseball training facility. They're like D-bag? D-bag. No, it's <laughs> Dallas Baseball Academy of Texas. I thought I thought it was like a play on word of douchebag nope. or something. <laughs> nope, it's a uh, we got about twenty seven locations in like twenty different states. Get a sponsored. <laughs> All right, and my last candidate on the hot seat would be Stephen Silas of the Houston Rockets. It's a fire. <laughs> Damn. It's his first year. <laughs> it's his first year, but finished with the worst record in the NBA, and he was handpicked by James Harden. Nah, so. Houston don't care about that. They're if they they're about to get a top pick, possibly the mm-hmm. top pick. They're gonna let him ride it out for one more year. So yeah, that's what I'm, I'm gonna, too. I'm gonna hype my guy and say it was blatantly obvious when you had guys like Kevin Porter Jr. Christian Wood down the stretch having. Missing so many free throws down the stretching games. We were tanking like hell. Dealt with injuries. Dealt with COVID. We we were the worst team because we wanted to be the worst team. Yeah, and it was blatantly obvious. I, I will say one thing to kind of it, – it kind of seemed like a good hot take at the beginning of the year. I thought the Mavs would fall off without him because he was their offensive genius. They, they turned out good this year, but they're – Three-point percentage fell off this year by a lot. It's it's pretty weird how the three-point percentage f- fell down, which Porzingis was struggling with th- for three previously. But this mm-hmm. year, his three-point shot has been great. So he's kind of like one of – he's kind of like uh, – what, what's Utah's coach? Uh, uh, Quinn Snyder. Quinn Snyder. He's, he's kind of like Quinn Snyder or Greg Popovich, where he is a very pass-heavy – offense like that's why Harden kind of didn't like him that much yeah. either because Harden didn't like passing the ball around he just like I sewing it up mm-hmm. so it, and when we we were 11 and 10 at a point we were actually running some pretty good offense here and there and I, I 
I, I think it would be idiotic to fire him. I'm, I'm going to hype him up, say we're winning at least 30 games next year. Yeah, I got him. I got him safe, but an honorable mention, which just confuses me, is Brad Stevens. I figured he'd be out of there. I've heard nothing but negative things from the Celtics organization. Well, he's supposed right. to be some genius. I don't get it though. That's enough of the negative talk <laughs> of the NBA. Let's let's go towards the the teams that made it out of the regular season into the playoffs. This was the first round of the playoffs. We had some games play yesterday. So let's go ahead and talk about the matchups, give our predictions, who will win these series. First up, we've got the Boston Celtics and the Brooklyn Nets. Nets in four. Three Brooklyn. Yeah. yeah. Nets, in th- Nets in yeah. three. I got I got Brooklyn in four. They just won today 104 to 93. And that was yesterday. Yeah. Hunter, I hope you write these down because I didn't make the Google Doc. So write them down. I got you. So you both said four. <laughs> Yeah, and then yeah. I'll make it. Well, I didn't say in anything, but I think the Nets take it in four or five at the most. Okay, I'm saying in four. Yeah, I need a four or five here, Gooch. Give me, give me five. Hunter's <laughs> stuck in the 2000s. Why didn't I just put it in the dock? I have two monitors. Look who saved us. <laughs> I had computer problems. I didn't make the dock. <laughs> <laughs> Next, we have Washington and Philadelphia. They Philly played in four. Uh, Philly and five. Philly and four. Yeah, I got Philly and five. I got Philly and five. They played today. They beat the Sixers, beat the Wizards 125 to 118. Yeah, Westbrook. It it was even. Hate to see it. Hate to say it. Philly's too good. I'm going to say. There's nothing. The only thing Russell Westbrook loves more than triple doubles is getting bounced in the first round. Oh my god. They they kept it close and even had leads through the third and kind of like in the fourth Philadelphia got kind of got a little little lead and Washington brought it back. So I think they've got a chance to win one. All five. right. Next up, we have two teams that are currently playing as we are recording, the Atlanta Hawks and the New York Knicks. Personally, I have the New York Knicks in 6. It was hard for me to pick this one cuz I like both teams, but I just can't get I can't count against the Knicks. They've shown great resilience this year. Right now, the score is 52-50 Hawks. And I'm going to say... It's going to be a neck-and-neck series. I wanted to say seven. I'm going to say Hawks in six. Hawks Hawks in six. I like a devil's back. The only reason I say is because I think Capella is a good... Yeah, we know how you feel about Capella. No, no, no. no, We've heard it. No, but Capella (laughs) is a good counter to their biggest guy, Julius Randle. So... If they, I mean, damn, Randall has the size on him. They not the height, but he is. All right, mass. all right, all right. Here we go. <laughs> so I'll be the one to say Knicks in seven. And right. now that we've got Wiz on record with that, I'll throw in like a little sidebar prediction and say it's in seven. And so the tipping point is I think Randall ends up just dominating see. Capella in at least – one game this series and just making Wiz look like a dummy. <laughs> I, I'm not saying he's going to be bad this series. I think Capella's just a decent counter because right now he's at seven points and he's three for ten. Game I'm one. A genius. Anyways, all right, keep it moving. Yeah, we get next up. We have two teams that played yesterday game in Miami week. Heat and Milwaukee Bucks overtime game it was fun to watch even though milwaukee won 
109 to 107. I am still picking Miami in six. Okay, I got to look up this stat real quick. I'm going right with you with Miami in six because they lost by two in overtime. And let me see, let me see. Jimmy Butler shot four for 22. They are winning in six. This is one okay. of my favorite matchups because this is a repeat from round two last year when the when the uh, Miami bounced the Bucks. It's really fun to watch. And with the first game going overtime yesterday, it's going to be fun to keep an eye on it. So I was leaning the exact same way, Miami in six. So strictly for the sake of mixing it up and possibly me getting the edge, give me Miami in seven. Oh, we should do like <laughs> it's still Miami winning. We yeah. should do points like one point for team right, one point for in how yeah. many games, right? All right, yeah, we'll so talk give about me Miami in seven. Um, we going straight down the bracket, or are, are, are we like we're just doing each side right for now? Yeah, so now, so we're that's the east, so now we're on to the west. We're moving on to the wild, wild west. Portland Trailblazers meet the Denver Nuggets. Who's I picking this? Okay. So Portland and Portland Denver. won 123 to 109. I, I was gonna say Denver in like six. I wanted to say, but I'm gonna this say one, I got scribbles all over my little box. It was hard hard to pick, but I got Denver in seven. I'm gonna say Portland in five. five. Always in me, baby. Colton. Portland in five. <laughs> Took the words right out of my mouth. I, I think Denver, especially without um, Jamal Murray, I don't think they can stop CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard. Oh, Dame See, is I'm, pissed. Yeah, but Michael Porter Jr. He stepped up a lot ever since Murray got hurt. He has stepped up, but yes, he. I said, I'm not writing anything on Denver. My pick is nothing against Denver. Yeah. My pick is solely based on how they played last night, and I think in like. Like in like a like a Russell Westbrook ish fashion, Dame just like drags this team through this series yeah. and yes, just refuses and that's why to lose. I feel like shit because on previous episodes I'm being a hypocrite now because I said you can never count out Dame and here the fuck I am yeah. counting out. I, Dame. I, I think it's just an awful match. I think it's a lot of Dame and an awful matchup for Denver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. Yeah, I'm sticking with Portland in five. Yeah. All right, moving on. We have the LeBron James Lakers versus the Phoenix Suns. Suns in five. I've got Phoenix at six. (laughs) Gooch. I mean, I'm going Suns. I'm I'm working on the game. (laughs) I've got all my teams. I just know we were doing games. So, have we heard about Chris Paul's shoulder yet? He came back in the game, so apparently he's fine. But were you watching? I was watching. He, he he was walking around with like a dead arm. Like, yeah, you were you were in the group chat. You're like, oh, fight, fight. There was a, a thrown basketball and a couple dude, pushes. Dude, I was I thought they were because I was they I was were. playing I was playing my game. So I was like looking up and I see everyone like I thought there was a full on fight because I, oh, I heard no. the announcers. I was like, Shh. the funniest thing was a Harold running in to like grab oh, onto. Oh my uh, god. Uh, okay, here we go. Pain. I got my head around it. It took me a second. I hate to do it. I know this is going to get brought up in a later episode, and I'm going to look stupid. Suns and four. I knew it. Oh, fuck, I love it. <laughs> God, I love it. I would love to see it. Oh, shit. All so right. We got five, next five, and four? Five, okay, six, no, no, and six, four. Six, five, four. Oh, okay, okay. These, next, these last two matchups are snoozers, in my opinion. 
But next one, Clippers versus Mavericks. Okay. Y'all Mavs gonna... won 113 to 103, and I'm going to roll with that anyways. I got Dallas at six. So I know – I know – we all love to fuck with the Clippers and Pandemic P, but they are going to lose in seven by 30 points in game seven. Oh, they love to choke game seven. Oh, my God. Like, I think that, in seven. that series is going to be back and forth. Like, I think Dallas won handily yesterday, and tomorrow uh, the Clippers are going to win handily. It's going to be back and forth like that. Mm. Okay. All right. I've been on record saying that the Clippers can play as the wor- best team in the league and they can mm-hmm. play as the worst team in the league. I think on paper, they're better than Dallas. Oh, yeah. Hands down. Clippers in six. Oh, okay. I, I can see it. I think both teams are really good and play really good and really I bad just, basketball. I understand – We've seen it literally all year long, just the night and day versions of the Clippers and how bad they can play with that much talent on their roster. But I just, by look, just looking at the matchup on paper, I cannot wrap my head around them losing a seven-game series to Did, Didn't Matt Dallas Rick. beat them by, like, 50, like, in the first week of the season this was year? That, was that against Dallas, where I they scored, was, like, 20 points in the first half? Yes, they lost by, I like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, and that, that's, like, that, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Like, we've seen this literally all year long from the Clippers, but then we've also seen them turn around and do the exact same thing on the opposite side to other teams. Yeah, well, last matchup. Utah Jazz versus Memphis Grizzlies. I'll go ahead and write in Utah in four for all of us. Yeah. Utah in four. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I, I figured much. Memphis is an imposter. I yeah. may hate the Warriors, but I would rather watch the Warriors fight the Jazz. I think the Warriors could pull off a win or two, but I think Memphis also matches up. I don't think Memphis is that good. I think Memphis yeah, matches up so- awful against Utah. It's awful, and they had a, a decent game, or heck, a decent, it's a good game against the Warriors to make the play in, and everybody's sucking off John Morant now. If Utah was smart, they would just leave uh, Donovan Mitchell out for these four games and let him rest up. Mm. Yeah, I would do the same. Okay. I just don't see John Morant be the one carrying the team, him <laughs> and, and uh, Jonas. Speaking of John, now that we're done with oh. all this all this playoff predictions. I am pissed at the media for even allowing this to become a topic. But, and of course, it gets brought up again once they beat the Warriors. But Ja has gone on record and said he believes he's top five point guard and everyone, every media source out there has hyped it up. And I think that is the biggest bullshit I have ever heard. And I don't even think he's close to top five. He's definitely yeah, top I mean, five off top five. No, head. he's... He's not top five. Like, oh no, not at all. He's not top five in the play. Like, I mean, I'm sitting here like right now, like off the top, literally off the top of my head. Um, Kyrie, uh, Steph, Dame, mm-hmm. um, Jamal Murray, Donovan boy. Mitchell, Russ. Boy. There it is. Chris yeah, Paul. I mean, like, see, and whenever I looked up players, I totally Simmons. forgot about Donovan and Jamal because they're hurt. 
So the only reason I didn't like instantly go with Chris Paul is just sheer age. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, like, if you're, if you're, we're not talking like, like, who do you want going forward? We're talking about like right now, who's helping a team more. Right. I get it. And like, yeah. I mean, like, but yeah, from like a, like a front office, like program standpoint, I could see someone kind of leaning more into jaw than Chris Paul, just because you're going to get more out of him. But mm-hmm. I mean, I said this before we got on the air. If we're going strictly off of like player efficiency stat, he's he's not even top twenty. No, he's not even top fifty. Technically, John Morant is seventy-one. Is that out of the entire league? Efficiency. Yeah, out of the so out of point guards in the league, he's uh, 22nd or 23rd, give or take. You, you know but, who I'd lump him in with? And it might kind of be a slap in the face, but like Drew Holiday. He's that's not like, a slap in the face. Like, but Drew Holiday is like a second fiddle kind of player. That's about what I, I think. is currently. Yeah, I'd like say. Jonas is the anchor of the team. Right oh, now. and then like we told this one off. I can't believe I missed this one. I mean, you're gonna sit here and tell me that John Morant's better than Trey Young. Oh, I didn't even think about him. Yeah, see that that's just, the six players that I thought of immediately that are better than Jaw is Steph, Dame, Russ, Ben Simmons, Luca, and Trey Young. <laughs> James Hardy could play point guard, and he's better. He technically is a better point guard. Yes, technically, but as of this this season, he's a shooting guard. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I could honestly probably name 10 point guards I'd rather have. Easy. Yeah. And then yeah. so I, some other, some specific news out there. I don't know which one it was. It might have been some, what, what's the, Shannon Sharp might have said it. He's like a top five traditional point guard. It's still like Curry. So the only people you take out of it is like Russ and Ben Simmons because they're, they don't have like mid range, a, a yeah. good reliable mid range, but we still laced way more than five. Yeah, see, because hey, John, John have... Wall, <laughs> a healthy John Wall is better than Jaw. Yeah, that's true. See, because Jaw's averages mean... for this this season is nineteen points, four rebounds, seven point four assists, assists, and he's shooting a thirty point three clip from three. The John Wall comparison. Did I <laughs> did I miss when we woke up in 2015, 16? Okay. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't mean to like forget the John Wall. I don't mean to like say it's to disrespect John John Morant, but like I just think and, and I think you should believe you're one of the best players. That's how you get better. You believe yeah. but I just hate the media like running with it. it. The media takes any little thing and just takes off and yeah it's awful Wiz said i don't mean to shit on john Morant. well <laughs> let's transition this into a player that Wiz does mean to shit on and what the media yes. loves to suck on oh my god it makes zero sense to me whatsoever i'll try and make my rant short but it won't be oh bullshit because we all Le- ran over this lebron james was and it was before his play-in game against the Warriors. The NBA knew about it. They didn't mention it. It didn't come out publicly until after. He broke protocols to go to a uh, something opening for a wine company or something like that. That he it was invested, a buddy's company or something. A buddy's company, something like that. But they said he will not be suspended or forced to any games for quarantine for breaking health and safety protocols. So I've got a few issues with this for once. 
or for I don't even know if I said that right. I've got a few issues with this. And he, for one, he hasn't even came out and said whether or not he's vaccinated. Like 90% of the Lakers are vaccinated, but he's the one who won't admit if he's not, is or not. So I'm, that's what made me think he isn't. Two. Oh, he's, for, if, he's for sure not. Because A, LeBron's that type of personality. And B, it's like a social like badge of honor to say you're vaccinated and let me tell yeah. you if he was vaccinated if oh if lebron god. james was vaccinated you'd <laughs> be the number one know advocate. about it oh yeah oh my god he'd be the, for the biggest advocate yeah. of it so he'd be I, shaming I think other not players vaccinated. for not being vaccinated but yeah on top of that we've seen multiple players whether it be for contact tracing or for breaking health and safety protocols this year have to sit out a, a week just get some negative tests because you broke protocol you can come back but they're not not making lebron do it and two or no one perfect example was the health and safety protocols have barely changed from last year's bubble to this year so protocol is protocol so you can't get mad that it's a last year comparison but daniel house had to miss playoff games against the lakers and he was a good role player on that team i think he actually was starting last year he missed like three or four games before we lost and it was because he snuck in a COVID-19 tester into his hotel room. So not only is she, we know she's negative because she's getting tested as well because she's living inside of the bubble being a tester herself. He still had to get this, or not, he wasn't suspended. It's a quarantine period. Mm-hmm. No, he did test positive for being horny, apparently. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But like it's 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 the principle. There's protocols for a reason. We right. knew she was negative, but we still had to make him. It, it's you don't make a rule to bend the rule. Mm-hmm. So that, that's that's, my LeBron, that's all LeBron does. I mean, yeah. like going back to the play-in thing, he's a, he was a big advocate of the play-in whenever last season it was discussed and implemented, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden when he's he's playing in it, it's a big deal. It's stupid. Someone it's should get fired. Yeah, it's just yeah. it's ridiculous. And some of the I, I hate I don't wish anybody to get fired. So for LeBron to sit there on his high horse and say someone needs to get fired, his billionaire ass, like that that pisses me off so much. And like, and you would think that somebody that talks so much and tries to be the focal point of the league would at least be tough. Yeah. He's become so soft. Was it against the Warriors? The playing against the Warriors, where he got poked in the eye, oh my! And just God. wallowed around on the fucking court, crying so, for, saying he saw after, after the game, I saw three baskets. I didn't know what to do, so I just I chose the middle one and shot, on the game winning shot. That's horse shit. What was hilarious about that is, funny enough, it was Draymond Green, uh, a couple years back in the playoffs. Draymond Green did the same thing to Harden, but in one one hit. Gave Harden bleeds in both eyes and actually put a gash in one of his eyelids. Yeah. Harden, after the game, Harden said his vision was a little blurry, but hopefully it'll get better. He was on the court for a minute, got back up. Yeah, like, he didn't wall around the fucking on the yeah. floor. He 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 laid there for a minute. He had bleeds in his eye, which is much worse than what LeBron they literally, had. They literally busted blood vessels in his yes. eyes, and it's just. And he didn't complain about it anymore after that one game. But LeBron yeah, was. I mean... You see this constantly with LeBron. Like, he's always trying to, like, set up his own, like, narrative and stuff. Like, yeah. he, before that, like, like it's like, all right, hitting the game winner was cool. Like, 
that was cool enough. Like you don't need to make it cooler. Mm-hmm. Like every every time he missed a shot, he's limping around. Like oh, you're in. Yes. Why he missed it. You're in the play-in game. Like this is already if if you take this team to the finals and win, which people are talking about. I always I don't think they will, but people are talking about it. This is already going to be your hardest road to the finals, your hardest championship you've had to win yet. It's already impressive. But before they even played a game, oh, yeah, I think we're definitely uh, playing against the the MVP of the league. Like, he started pushing the Steph MVP hype train out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And, like, it he, – He wants his story to be beautiful. I, just, a, I mean, I'm just – I'm disappointed, but I'm not surprised. I, I made a joke on Twitter earlier saying after game seven of the NBA finals, LeBron is going to announce that he – his last test came back positive. He's like, you know what? I was feeling a little winded out there. I, I might have been playing with COVID for all I know. Yeah. Just just to be like, oh, he had his flu game. But yeah, let's go back I... around to the eye thing real quick. I know it's different sports, but Washington got <sighs> kicked, nailed in the eye, where he he said he felt like his eye was hanging out of his socket. He covers it up, men chasing him all around him and still throws a dime touchdown. It's it, he didn't. He didn't sit there waller on the ground after he got kicked. Oh, it's no. all about you. Got, you got to show your toughness. He, he oh, just. Yeah. LeBron's like, gotten so soft. It's ridiculous. A sport like football, like mid play, you can't stop to to wallow in pain. No, like, in NBA, gotta, it's okay because oh, it's a timeout. Let me just yeah. Let me get some sympathy real quick. Let me create my narrative. Oh, it, and Watson, <sighs> his eye, his eye was like swollen, it was black for it weeks. It was fucked. Yes. But another thing, I think Gooch sent this yesterday. Um, Oh, the, the uh, Kevin name, Pilar. But uh, oh Kevin God, is Pilar it, is going to focus? This dude is completely 94 miles an hour to the nose. I want to say he had to have like reconstructive nasal surgery. Yes, there's a bunch of torn ligaments in his face. Mm-hmm. Okay, I guess. Yeah, there you are watching. You can kind of see how messed up yeah. his face looks. In... Oh, my. He, I mean, he was his just... face looked like fireworks on the 4th of July. It was awful. Oh, my God. His his face was just dripping blood. He didn't even, like, lay there in pain. He, like, was on his knees. Like, mm-hmm. just... All right. But, yeah, right. so that that's a good segue into the MLB, though. Yeah. Um, so, speaking of uh, hit-by-pitches and all that stuff, uh, we're going to go pretty... This is going to be a pretty, like, inside baseball episode of Below 500 this week. Um, so in this week in baseball, uh, there was like some pretty big, like blockbuster news. Um, the Chicago White Sox, who was, I can't even remember. Was it against the Phillies or the Braves? No, the Twins. I knew, they knew it was, I knew it was somebody red. Yeah. So the, uh, Chicago White Sox were absolutely beating the brakes off of the, uh, Minnesota tw- uh, Twins, and I want to say the score was fifteen to four. There's a position player, I believe, like a first baseman, pitching for the Twins because it's like seventh or eighth inning. They're getting just cooked, and Yermin Mercedes, one of like the best young prospects in the league right now, gets to a three zero count on a first no, no, baseman. No, I believe it was zero. I think it was first pitch. I was it first pitch. I thought it was three zero. Full count. Yeah, it was three zero. It was three zero. Yeah, three zero. Three zero count. Dude throws like a forty-seven mile an hour. Literally lob. Literally <laughs> lobs this ball, and like Mercedes takes a 
slow pitch softball hack and just roofs this ball onto like the third deck. And obviously, baseball purists are pissed. Even this part got me. The announcers are just roasting oh, Mercedes man. while it's happening. There's no need for what that. What is he supposed to do? Just let it go by? Right. Well, okay, so there's one thing I'll say. If it was any other pitcher, if it was like an actual pitcher, I would say don't get in a 3-0 count. It's a first baseman. At the very least, take the 3-0 pitch and then park the 3-1 pitch over the wall. Like, that's like the a courtesy he could have done. I don't think it's that big of a deal to get that worked up about. Yeah. But, I mean, it is a thing. It kind of just is that good old boy baseball rule. So, what, are, what are those slow pitches called? A euthus? Oh, an ethos. 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 Yeah. I only know that but because Grinky. I think that's. Them. I think that's given that pitcher a lot of credit. <laughs> so, <laughs> saying that that was planned. My opinion on this is slightly different from Gucci's because yeah, I, I looked it up. It was three zero, so I, I get it. Yeah. But um, like I said, take take a pitch. You're gonna get the same pitch on three one. Hit that one. So but I question, don't have a problem with it. My, my question is why suspend the pitcher. And the manager for it no 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 so what happened well, so we'll get to that yeah i'll, I'll get to okay. that because my, my okay. thing's gonna go to that so my thing is i think if he would have hit the home run on three one people would have said some shit too i think they still would have said shit because it's it was 15 player. to four and so, they they don't want him to take that swing up 11 in like the eighth inning so my that's gripe, the part i don't give a fuck about you're yeah. up there to hit the ball hit the fucking baseball if it goes over the wall so be it Mm-hmm. So, anything he takes other than that home run or a hit and play is going to negatively affect his stats. So, swing away. I yeah. don't give and a shit. My, yeah, I don't care about the home run. Like I said, other than just wait till it's not on a 3 0 count yeah. on a position player. Because, guess what? In two years or three years or whenever he's up for contract negotiations, not a single person in those negotiations is going to know, looking at the stat sheet, that that home run was on a 3-0 count off of a position player. No, no All it's going to look like is another home, run, another home run, and that's just dollars in his pocket. So, yeah. It's, it's not Mercedes' baseball. fault. Right. Yeah, it's, not, it's not Mercedes' fault that the Twins were asked that game. And yeah. it goes in like, if, like I said, if it was an actual pitcher, don't get in a 3-1 hole. Trevor Bauer um, even came out and said later on, like, if he gets in a 3-0 count, that's his fault. And if he gets hit because of it, that's his fault. He'll be and better that, next time. <laughs> 100% true. 3-0 counts are an absolute death sentence mm-hmm. for pitchers. Opposing on-base percentage for 3-0 counts is like over 600. It's something astronomical. Um, so, yeah, just don't get in a 3-0 count. And it goes the same for teams. If you don't want to have to put a position player on the mound, don't give up 15 fucking runs. So I saw it, and I don't love it, but I saw a good solution to it because you got teams bitching, players bitching about it happening, but then you have, you have the actual player, Mercedes, who has to decide if he's going to improve his stats or hurt his stats. Right. So if it's 
I saw, I think I believe I saw like seventh inning after seventh inning. If you want to concede the game and don't want to have shit like this happen, concede the game. No, fuck that. That's <laughs> the fucking worst idea I've ever heard. I that is this the glory literally. of the baseball. game's over. We're not going to fucking mercy roll. We're not going is... to no, no, we're not going to trot out a position player to get absolutely smoked and then complain about it. That's my thing. Like, I mean, but if, the thing though, that's a team decision. If they yeah. thought. Because, I mean, if let's say it's the seventh inning, eighth inning, whatever. You're still guaranteed two at-bats, probably. There's no time limit. You yeah, can score 27 runs in the next inning. You chose to put that position player yeah. up there. All you, all they were doing, they did that to save arms. Yes. Because it's early in the season. So they, that's my gripe. There's a pitcher in that bullpen that could have came out and pitched, and they chose to put that guy on the mound. So that's See, my gripe because – putting in the position player is conceding the game that's saying we don't believe essentially yeah we're gonna yeah so don't get mad on something you gave up exactly yeah exactly because i've seen the astros come back 11 runs in the seventh inning before it's it's possible so by putting him in you concede you said we're not going to stop any more runs and a little bit i would rather I, i would find it more offensive from an opposing team standpoint if i see him take some soft ass swing to try to keep the ball in the yard like listen I understand we're getting our absolute asses whipped here, but we're still Major League Baseball players making millions of dollars. I can fucking handle one loss. Like, yeah, don't don't take it easy on me. It's a hundred what game? Play me like one loss. One hundred and sixty-two. Yeah, I'm a grown man. Like, if you're gonna beat me, beat me as like as good as you can like beat me and mean it not just do yeah. Don't feel sorry for me after you put fifteen runs on the board. Yeah. And Steve, something they didn't do with the they didn't feel sorry for him while they were putting those 50 15 runs up in the first seven innings. No, I, I guarantee you the White Sox have the time of their fucking life. Yeah. Oh yeah. But then but what I don't understand there were some people ahead. that uh, a few times this season there's been innings where multiple runs are scored. Because I know you said like or anyways, they said something about putting a cap on it, possibly. There's but there's rumors no. around the league uh, no. trying to put a cap on it, talking about in the future. Capital. Yeah, well, like, that's stupid. If you capital, that, how, how many runs you can do in a, uh, during an inning because there's no time limit. Like I said, there the inning can last. That's the that's the that is the beauty of, of baseball. Exactly. If, if you're gonna do that, you might as well do what Wiz said and make a mercy rule after seven mm-hmm. innings. Because that's basically what they're that's trying the to do. It's a soft it's, mercy rule. It's fifteen to four, sixteen to four, whatever. After Mercedes home run, guess what? The Twins can still win mathematically they could score 16 runs in the very next inning and they, make it up like they literally score 15 anything runs can happen there's no time limit yeah with, like with there not being a time limit literally anything can happen it's just insane that's mm-hmm. why i don't understand i heard the rumors it was like a couple of weeks ago but whenever wiz brought up the mercy rule it made me think about it that's stupid to put a limit on that yeah i i the only reason i even like brought up the mercy rules because I don't agree with it, but I think putting in a position player, whatever, is conceding. So yeah. So basically, fast forward the tape one day. Get uh, the Sox play the Twins again, and guess what? The Twins are not happy with your mean Mercedes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, and that's that's standard baseball. I mean. You do something like that, you, there's going to be consequences. Baseball polices itself. 
it's like one step below hockey in that kind of the players take up for the players kind of uh, code. So in the next game, uh, Tyler Duffy, the pitcher for the Twins, goes to intentionally hit your mean Mercedes with a pitch and ends up throwing it behind him. Behind and what? Okay, so that was that was going to be my one question in this. I didn't see it. I was going to say as long as it's between like the thighs and the shoulders, green light. You're all. See. Excuse me. You're all good. I was going to ask. Is, if it's above the shoulders, we've got a problem. See, yeah. I didn't see it, but I read on Twitter, so don't quote me. I could be wrong. But I mm. believe it was behind the head. And I'll look this up so we can get a better. Yeah. Yeah, y'all, y'all go on. So behind the head is very shitty. So my, I, I think that's an issue in baseball for one intentional hitting. I, I think it's kind of like, it's it's different than hockey. How like you know you you square up for your player, but your teammate, but. This, you had a defenseless batter in the batter box and you're throwing whatever at him. And the worst part about it is that his coach, Mercedes' coach, came out and said, I didn't have a problem with it. This old, I, don't, I think he's 90-something for all I know. Okay, we're not, what we're not going to do is disrespect so, Tony LaRusso. So, no, right? I'm, not, I'm not disrespecting him. I'm just saying I think he was disrespecting his player. You, I think you stand up for your player. Yeah, so yeah, I'm, I'm trying to find out there. right now where the pitch was. Like, like I said, if it was at his head, then yeah, I've got a problem with it, and I've got a problem with Larusa for supporting it. I have money that if he would have got hit in the head, the dugouts would have been clear from Chicago. Yeah, I mean, there's a pretty good chance. I'm really, I'm looking hard for this. Okay, so there's two pitchers who did it. I've seen one where you hit him in the leg. I'm trying to see the other one. Was he hit? Was he hit, was he intentionally hit that game already or no? Yeah. So there were two pitchers did it in one game, I believe, to him because I have the little pitcher here. You see. And see, they're mad that he hit that swing. What else was he supposed to fucking do? Yeah. It's their own fault that they got themselves in that fucking pickle. And they're gonna get pissy about it. It's it's, it's ridiculous. Okay, so maybe yeah, whoever I saw on Twitter is full of shit. This actually is only one player. It's just two pitchers of them. He, he threw and hit him, like, low in the back of the leg, I think. Kind of like the leg butt area. So, it, it isn't. Yeah, but Tyler Duffy didn't hit him. No, he did. No, he threw behind. He threw he behind him. It, it looks like it hits. There. Like, I, I, I've got Tyler the video. Duffy you're watching, though. Duffy missed. It threw I've got him. the video right here. Oh, give there is a second. I'm done. Yeah, give me just a second. I've got the video. I'm waiting on it to come around. Come on. I'm assuming they suspended the manager also because wouldn't the manager have a say in that? Yeah, he hits it or it, whether he throws behind him or hits him, it's knee level. I just saw it. Okay, it is. Something that's is better. It okay. I don't have a problem with it. I I don't necessarily know that he should have been suspended if we're being a hundred percent honest. So see, I just I feel like it's so defenseless. I know it's been a thing, potential hit by pitch, but I feel like it's such a defenseless thing. Like I, I I'm okay, like but it. the thing is, is like it's not like out of left field. Like you know it's coming. When you do something like what Mercedes did, I'm not saying he shouldn't have done it. You just know there's gonna be consequences. Yeah. And that's 
part of the game of baseball at that level. Players take up for players. And and that and that's the thing. Along with like that that's how you keep somebody from Mercedes from doing something like that potentially in the future. Is because like you just accept like if I take this swing in the situation, I'm probably eating one in the next game. And, and if, if you still like if you decide you're okay with those consequences and you choose to do that, that's your choice. You made that choice, you move on. And that's why I say, like, and it's just known, it's just accepted in baseball. Like you've got like from like above the knees to below the shoulders. Like now, if you start going down for like ankles and stuff or like up into like the head area that's a no-no like anything between the knees and the shoulders is pretty harmless you'll walk it off you'll be fine so so even even cheating aside whenever that one dodgers pitcher threw behind correa's head last year you thought that was like he threw it like it was like right here behind his head yeah anything at the head anything intentionally at the head level pretty much across the board in baseball is, is going to be frowned upon and not glad taken we, lightly. Glad we can agree on that. Yeah, like, on, but everyone on Twitter was hoping for Correa to take one to the dome. Yeah, no, I, I don't, because I mean, you see with Kevin Pillar, like, the that baseball, especially with the, and we'll get into this here in a second too, with the pitchers that are in the game now, a ball above the shoulders is a bullet, like a literal bullet headshot. Oh, yeah. Like that like one that at that point that helmet is moral support like that's not doing anything that one guy that got hit here with that ball yeah the, he's lucky to be alive because that hits him in the nose mm-hmm. your ball can only break up and hit in your brain yeah so that, yeah so that's why is, i say like and pretty much all like baseball people are gonna kind of probably be on the same side as me as this in that situation Everybody in like the ballpark knows that pitch is coming. Yeah. You just have to keep it between the knees and the shoulders. Like that, that it's just, that's the rule. Like that's how it goes. You, you take one in the ribs, it hurts like a bitch, and you move yeah. on. I, I, I shouldn't have trusted someone on Twitter because my, my big, my biggest thing was I thought it was behind the head. So, so moving on, keeping this rant on the MLB going. I'm going to kind of take over this for a minute. I'll let y'all have y'all's mm-hmm. thing, y'all's time to chime in here in a second. But I got an alert on my ESPN app a couple of days ago, four days ago to be exact, <laughs> for an article by ESPN writer Tim Kirkjian title. And I, I saw the headline and I had to read it because, first of all, you want to talk about like inflammatory journalism. The headline of the article is how the K became the most destructive letter in baseball. And this writer goes on to essentially talk about how strikeouts are ruining the game of baseball. And, and the I knew where this was going before I even read the article. So I went into it pissed off and everything I read in the article strictly confirmed my suspicions it oh i just can't so he doesn't blame the hitters he does to an extent as much as he blames the pitchers this man got paid to write an article to espn bitching 
about pitchers striking out too many batters and saying essentially that it's ruining the game of baseball, which is a flat out old white guy, terrible fucking take. And it absolutely drives me insane as a, a baseball person, someone who's devoted almost my entire life to the game of baseball. I mean, I, I've been a player, I've been a coach, I've been an instructor, I've been everything. Like I've done all the things in baseball for basically my whole life. It's, it's wrong. He's wrong. Pitching now, and it, his article, he goes on to say like that he describes Jacob deGrom, Garrett Cole, and Shane Bieber as masters of pitching rightfully so pitching now is better than it's ever been in the history of the game and then goes on to say how these masters are ruining the game with their pitching all three of them average fastballs in the mid to upper 90s and i i just it just boggles my mind the things that he's able to say and he, he quotes guys like Reggie Jackson saying it's embarrassing or Nolan Ryan saying that it's worrisome for the game and on and on and on real quick just because I was going to hit on that later because I read the article though mm-hmm. those are a hundred percent taken out of context quotes because he's got it's embarrassing quoted it's worrisome quoted yeah like, I, I didn't article. dig into like the sources but right. um and I so my take is like and all of my like baseball opinions come from like a player perspective because I mean that's what I was for like almost 19 years. Uh, as a pitcher, I mean like so there's two th- and and then he goes on and this is how I know that this is just coming like as like the grumpy old white man opinion is because in this article about how strikeouts are running baseball he throws um the rising rates of home runs under the bus too saying that hitters these days only care about home runs and it's ruining the game nobody wants to just hit the ball anymore well one from a purely player level if you're a pitcher there's two things in baseball that are the most exciting play in baseball from opposing sides if you're a pitcher and you're on the mound nothing excites you more than a strikeout you can say seeing your defense make a play behind you. Yeah, that's all bullshit. Striking out a hitter, especially a hitter of that caliber at that level, gets you fired the fuck up. And as a hitter, everyone's going to agree with this. There's nothing better than a home run. It's one, of, it's one of the only plays in sports that there's zero defense for. You can't guard it. You can't mm-hmm. play against it. You can't do anything about it. And... And this also really rubs me the wrong way because like two or three years ago, whenever the hitting started to kind of like revolutionize, like people started getting into like the science behind hitting and launch angles and exit velocities and really kind of buy into like, like the science of hitting the old white men of baseball hated it, could not stand it. People were changing their swings and they were realizing that because in baseball, everyone says, if you bat 300, you're like an all-time great. If you bat career 300, well, that's a 30% success rate. A 250 is like league average-ish. Well, that's only five percentage points below 300. So if you can optimize home runs, 
and that 5% is strikeouts, uh, like you're still going to be okay. You're putting points on the board. They've essentially found through science and statistics and all that smart guy stuff that home runs are as valuable, if not more, than strikeouts are harmful. And they leaned into that. And you see it. And he's blaming it on, like, Tim Kirkian quotes, historically high strikeout records and how the strikeout, like, the MLB total strikeout record has been broken, like, every season for the past seven years or something crazy. And and so if, if you were to just believe at face value what he's saying, you would just think that all these games are ending in, like, one hitters, two hitters, one zero, two zero, two one, just absolute pitchers goals in every game. Well, the game we just talked about, we had a team up 15 to four. In multiple games this week, we had one team score 20 and another team score 16. It offense is not being hurt. It's it's just simply these old white guys who are in like positions of power in these uh places like espn fox sports all the like sports media companies that really kind of have their hands on baseball the game's not being played the way that they grew up with it and the way they're familiar with it they don't recognize the game they're watching anymore and they cannot stand it but there's nothing wrong with it it's evolution pitchers are better now than they've ever been and anybody will tell you that back in the 80s People weren't throwing 94-mile-an-hour sliders. It wasn't a thing. Back in the 70s and 80s, when these people were, like, really getting into baseball, you didn't have two-seamers breaking from the plate into the other batter's box. But there's nothing you can do about that. Players are going to get better. Take any team out of the NBA today and just compare them from an athletic standpoint to a team in the 70s. Human beings get better over time. And these people are trying to fight simply basic human evolution. Pitchers get better, hitters get better. Right now, we're in a pitching phase. Three years ago, they were bitching about all the home runs being hit mm-hmm. and saying that it, that was ruining baseball. Well, now the pitchers bought into their science and have caught up. And guess what? The hitters are going to catch up too. Because when there's millions of dollars on the line, that's your only choice hit better or lose your job and they're not going to lose their jobs they're going to find a way to hit better i mean like i mean I'm, i've pretty much covered all my talking points on this yeah. but like it's just mind-blowing to me like and i know i'm so upset about it because i know where this road leads people that are on this side of the argument are going to start pushing for changes to the game because they don't like what they're seeing and they're going to start spinning this narrative that it's dangerous to the game. And it's not, if you were seeing every game with a hockey score of two, one, one, Oh, freaking games going into extra innings. Cause no one's scored yet. That would be a problem, but you're not seeing that runs are still being scored at alarming levels. I mean, I just saw a, a, like a 10-9 final score the other day. I, it's a minor league game. Um, but oh, here, the Oklahoma City Dodgers just today lost a game 10-11. to 11. Offense is not being hurt by this. No. I, if you were to ask me, I would say the opposite and say baseball's in as good or better shape than it's ever been. You have 
high offense, as high or higher offensive rates than you've had in years and years and years and years, and the best pitching you've had in years and years and years and years. What more can you ask for than having absolutely prime, never before seen in history athletes on both sides of the ball? You done? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, okay. I'm cooling off. So, I just had to so, get that yeah, out there. I've got a couple points to hit. And one thing is, so pretty much to summarize this article, this guy is griping about there not being as many balls in play. Pretty much. Because if yeah. you're striking out or not hitting a home run, that means the ball's not in play. Right. So my biggest problem is he gave zero ideas for solution or changes or anything this right. entire long ass unnecessarily long article so i'm gonna say if i had one just just from a pitcher standpoint one thing that i don't even know if it'll fix his problem and i don't know if you'll be an advocate for this gooch just because you're you're more traditional than me i'd say but they need a robotic batter's box Pitches should be 100% right 100% of the time. Um, yeah, that that is like the one thing um, I, I can get behind that. Like a bunch of people would be against me. That's like the one thing. I mean, a strike is a strike and a ball is a ball. Yeah. And I, if, if you're going to guarantee that, I mean, you're not going to have guys. I mean, how many times have you seen Bryce Harper get ejected because he had a oh, bat at bat with like balls and strikes if you're gonna tell me that you're gonna prevent that and i'm like because i mean like anytime that happens like that changes the game because now like let's say that's a tie ball game and i don't get bryce harper up to bat in the ninth mm-hmm. then yeah like no i, I can get behind so, the robotic batter's box because you're not like you're not changing the rules of the game all you're doing is making the rules that are currently in place more accurate yeah so I think that extends at bats and puts more balls in play because I can't, I don't, I don't pay. I don't even have the option to pay for the TV provider that allows me to watch the Astros here. So I never mm. get to watch baseball until playoffs. And so I'm always watching on ESPN and it's got a little batter box and I'll see, I'll see a pitch come in way outside. That's a strike or a pitch in the middle. that's called a ball and things like yeah. that. And it's just like, I don't know. I don't want to get too much into it because I'm just explaining how this guy showed no solution whatsoever to his mm-hmm. idiotic take. And yeah. so, something just else to say is like he's just mad that players are better now. He's so, so, not. He's seeing things he's not used to seeing. He he brought up the shift too, and I want to tell like kind of a crazy stat here. But if y'all had to guess who has the most hard hit balls this season as a batter, who would it be? Whether, whether it's I mean, in play, home run, or an out. I have no clue. I mean, I would lean towards, like, one of the big-name guys. Yeah. Like, it's probably yeah, not. Trout, it's like it's a trap Judge. Question. No, no. And I, it's Kyle Tucker. Freaking, what, batting Fuck. seventh on the Astros. But the shift, but think, he's got by far the most hard-hit balls. Mm-hmm. And if they're not shifting, those are all going in play. Those are all doubles, triples, you know. Yeah. So like, this is another big like baseball soapbox I have. People hate the shift. They say it's killing baseball. It's not. But imagine Kyle Tucker being he he would literally be the best player in baseball right now if the shift wasn't a thing. 
okay well, face off his i get it balls. think of it this way no, I'm, imagine I'm, imagine telling an nfl offense that they can't they can only they have to stick to normal traditional offense rules and they can only put six guys down on the line for a field goal or you can't do different personnel, like two tight ends. You have to keep one tight end. Yeah. 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 Like, it's ridiculous. It's baseball. Like, so, You're on a field. So Tyler, what's the, the shift? You want. What's, what's the shift here? So, if you have a hitter like Kyle Tucker, he's, I'm assuming, a heavy pull hitter. So, whether he's left-handed or right-handed, he pulls the ball almost every time. So, you take your infield. And you shift your third baseman basically gotcha. onto the okay. foul yeah, line. Okay, yeah, I got you, I got you, I got you. You move your second baseman either behind yeah. second base or sometimes mm-hmm. in extreme shifts, you'll move him all the way into like a shortstop position and the shortstop will play like shallow outfield. Yes, sir. And yeah. you just force they play, it. And because yeah, you, they play to that. Whoever's batting, they play to the shortstop. Yeah. And you yeah, had so Kyle like – Kyle Tucker hits 110 miles per hour right into someone's glove. Right. You had, you had like these guys, mainly <laughs> lefties. You get like these big power-hitting lefties who would just – made literally careers like made their way to the mlb strictly off of pulling home runs to right field well then people started game planning for it and i mean it's it's like it'd be like telling an nfl defense you're on you you can't blitz seven guys like you can do whatever the fuck you want yeah i just don't like regardless of sport but definitely baseball i don't like limiting what you're actually allowed to do on the field if you want to do like robotic strike zones or stuff like that that's fine but don't tie one hand behind my back while i'm actually on the field Mm -hmm. a perfect comparison would tell someone you have to prepare the exact same way for the chiefs and patrick mahomes they have to prepare for the uh titans and derrick henry yeah i mean it just doesn't make sense no but that's enough MLB. It's probably more than enough MLB. Yeah, uh, so first ever okay. segment. Uh, yeah. Uh, we asked y'all for listener questions and y'all responded. So we're going to go ahead and go through a couple of these listener questions. Yeah. Uh, a couple of the first ones. One's a question. One's a statement. I'll go ahead and put the statement out first. Rowdy, he said, why is Gooch so mad the Astros are just going to win it again? Uh, well, that's not true the astros are i don't even think they're in the top five record wise uh wiz go ahead and give me y'all's current uh streak uh three loss yeah swept by the rangers we can't always sweep the rangers before the three loss streak we were a half game behind the lead record so we're up there we're the best hitting team in the league right now and we have injured pitchers like two or three (laughs) I just don't so see it. Better days. Which it also, it's May. It doesn't yeah, matter. Exactly. <laughs> I don't care about right now. Rowdy, see, left. see, see me in August, Rowdy. And if, if y'all are still at the top of the league in August, then I'll let you run your mouth. But right now, I don't care. All right, now this is a pretty good question he has for us. It's does Derrick Rose deserve to be in the Hall of Fame? Yeah. So this one, I had to go to my stats currently. Trying to dig through some I stuff wish I would have went to it, but he was the youngest MVP and such a bright future until the glass knees acted mm-hmm. up. So the biggest thing is NBA lets everyone into the Hall of Fame. There was people mm-hmm. who there was people who had a problem with Tracy McGrady 
being in the Hall of Fame. So I'm saying just by NBA standards, it's a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. I think he'll make it. Um, youngest MVP is going to have a pretty long career. He's kind of revived it and gotten better, and he's contributing on a playoff team. So his with his buddy Tom Thibodeau. Yeah, I I think he he'll deserve it by the end of his career. I don't. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll say yes. NBA uh, standards. Yeah, he'll make it. I mean, I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> I it's just. I mean, I'm like looking at the stats, and I mean, let's see. He's a career 45% field goal shooter, but I mean, he hasn't averaged 20 points a game since 2012. He doesn't need to now. He has people around him. He just needs I understand to that. Yeah. But we're talking about a Hall of Fame player. That's and true. like, you're telling me. A Hall of Fame player can't give me 20 points a game. And, like, let's see. He's averaged – and, like I said, I, I'm, I'm kind of done when it comes to basketball, like, in this, this kind of stuff. Maybe this is good. I feel like it should be higher for a point guard since uh, – let's see, since 2011 – since the 2011-2012 season, he's averaged over four assists per game once. Yeah. And that was in 2020. I get what you're saying. Um, like I, said, I mean, I'm not hating on Derrick Rose. Like, I don't have any hate for him. I think I think more than anything, like, he's a fan favorite. People love Derrick Rose, me included. I, that's why this question is coming up. I just I think he's more of like a what could have been story than a Hall of Fame story. Yeah, but I... it's tragic. I mean, like yeah, it, it sucks. sucks. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it sucks. I just feel like he's kind of like a star that burned out more than anything. Yeah. Okay, so for the next question, Colton. Uh, asked us if we see any ma- massive upsets coming in the NBA playoffs. Um, I don't know if you'd count Miami being upset towards Milwaukee, but that's my upset. I've, yeah, I've got both three losing to the six. I also have Portland beating Denver and Miami beating Milwaukee. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Portland beat Denver, but I just for pick's sake, I have Denver. Yeah, I don't really have nothing. Like, other than the sixes over the threes, I don't have nothing crazy. And then, like, in the second round, We'll see. I mean, I'm, I think, I mean, like, something like the craziest thing you would have would be like a six over a two, but I don't think either of the sixes beat either of the twos. And then, I mean, maybe a four over a one, but that's not. Now, if we were talking wild. about the Warriors in the playoffs over the Grizzlies, I would yeah. be watching Warriors over the Jazz. Yeah. But yeah, that's a, I think mean, six, coulda, coulda. I think six over three. And maybe if you want to get really wild, maybe you get a four over a one. But yeah, I don't think we'll see anything at least this first. I mean, round I hope the Lakers don't beat the beat the Suns. If the Lakers beat the Suns, I'm not watching the mm. playoffs. NBA segment. All right, and then for our last and my most anticipated listener question, I didn't even I didn't even put this one in the notes, but Wiz, you should know it's coming. Oh man, is it? Our one of our loyal listeners, Mikhail, wants Wiz. To list off the dome, 
his top five defensive ends. Oh, God. Okay, so let me clarify this. Uh, I already, I already applied, already apologized for <laughs> the Cowboys' hype. He's like, like, "Why are you doing this to me?" I apologize. Yeah. Oh no, he hasn't seen it yet. But I explained the overhype and the hope behind it. I'm not well, saying we're so. Going I think to. a lot of this is stemming so, from not the Cowboys' hype, so but your statement that. Demarcus Lawrence is one of the top defensive linemen in the yeah, NFL. But there's 32 teams with multiple defensive linemen on them. So if you're if you're a top 15 defensive lineman, you're a top defensive lineman. And I'm not gonna name five. There, there's there's more. I'd say he's like a borderline, not even I'd say he's like I'd probably throw him around eleven if I'd guess. Just like I don't think he'd even be 10. But when I say top, I'm saying he's constantly on the field. A, a starter. No, I'm, <laughs> that means I'm he's saying, one of the top thirty. I, I I don't think he would make any team worse if you like. Well, we're really moving the goalposts here. <laughs> like like I said, overhyped. I was hyped. Uh, he's not top five. He's borderline top ten. He's for sure top fifteen. But he, I I, I saw what your friend said. He told me. Yeah. I, I watch every Cowboys game every year. He constantly draws double teams. He makes more of an impact than his stats. He's the reason why guys like um, oh, he's on the dang, I can't remember his name. He's on the Dolphins now, I think, or he came from the Dolphins. But two years ago, we had a guy come in on a one-year deal and lead the team in sacks. And last year, we had Alden Smith come come in and nearly led the team in sacks, and he missed like five games or something like that. But the reason those guys get to come in for one year and put up stats and leave and get a decent contract because got Demarcus Lawrence on the other end drawing yeah. so much attention. So I, I, his impact is more than his stats. I don't hear you listing your top five. I mean, <laughs> Aaron Donald, uh, TJ Watt. Uh, uh, are these in order? No, but just top five. Aaron, I'd say. I mean, last year TJ Watt was better overall. Aaron Donald was better. Uh, yeah, we 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 get you. Yeah, we we yeah. get you. Where I I, I, from. I didn't mean. Oh my God, we have the best guy in the league. I meant we have a respectable top fifteen guy. All right, so I we'll go ahead. I, I will clarify all Cowboys takes from now on. I'm sorry. That 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 wraps up our listener questions for the week. Continue to send those in to us if you have anything for us. Um, and we'll continue to give you guys shout outs when we read them. We're going to move on. We're going to hit a quick highs and lows segment before we get out of here. Um, I'll go I'll go last. You want to start with lows? Yeah, we'll start with lows and I'll go last and then lead us straight into highs. So I've got two quick lows. Um, I already mentioned one of the Astros just lost three straight to the Texas Rangers. I'm sure Hunter's pretty low about that, too. I'm still wearing the Astros jersey, though. Another quick low is my planned predictions were awful. Last episode, I said Warriors over Lakers. And mostly as a joke, I said Spurs over uh, Lakers. So I couldn't have been more wrong for my, what is that, Western Conference predictions. And in the East, I said Boston would lose to, Boston would lose to, um, Charlotte. Washington. Oh, was it Washington? Yeah. And then I said Boston would then lose to Charlotte, who also lost. So yeah. Out of 
The I bad got, part is I think I had almost all the same picks. Yeah, yeah I had I got zero games right. Yeah. And one of the teams didn't even make it that I predicted. Like the Warriors missed. So yeah. Yeah, all mine were off. My I might sucked. Oh man. Um Hunters of yeah. trains. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll go ahead and just do a little bit of housekeeping. Um my low is the fact that I'll be having to miss uh next week's episode. But tie that quickly in to my high i will be missing that episode because i will be in hawaii for seven days on my covid honeymoon congratulations yeah i'll, I'll send y'all pics to make y'all jealous so one quick high i'll let hunter because he's, he's got the most important high here i'll let him finish off um, thank you thank you very can't much. wait for this i Freaking... <laughs> I tried Jameson for the first time and it's now my new favorite. Oh, I thought record. this was Hunter. I didn't mean to no, drum roll that. Oh, no, no, no. I'm, gonna <laughs> go, I'm, I'm getting my high out of the way first. Okay, go ahead. I am now in love with Jameson. It is my favorite liquor. I tried it for the first time like two days ago and the bottle's half gone. I'm about to go finish it. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're welcome for that recommendation. Oh, my God. It is. What was the thing you man's, showed me, Hunter? Man's, the green tea shot. Green tea shot. What is it? It is jameson peach schnapps and sweet and sour mix put in a shaker with ice shake it shake it shake it it is like a refreshing green tea oh god can't even taste alcohol at all it's so good a couple of those will put you to sleep and we will end the episode on some good news hunter take it away all right your boy escaping the wi-fi poverty you know i have been holding back this thing Not, not really Kind of okay. Yes, I haven't holding it back. But that's not the it, point. It was, point is, it was a rough like two weeks. Yeah. Yes, I mean I tried everything. I went and tried to buy a expensive ass router. Spent several hundred dollars in a day to try to fix this shit. Did you get refunds? Couldn't work. It, it, it was just it, it was the equivalent of going thirty five down a seventy five mile an hour highway. Highway. It was god awful. But shit has turned around. On June second, I'm getting upgrade on my Wi Fi, going from a great like seven megabits per second to 200 megabits per second can't wait and i don't know what i'm gonna do with myself i want to be streaming everything all at one time <laughs> i am so stoked i have it circled on my calendar june 2nd it's a thursday i'm looking forward to it who who all lives in your house hunter that's uh, just me and my mom okay because i was gonna say like if y'all had like multiple people there i cannot imagine oh, no. sharing seven megabits per second no like see so two tvs is fine like i i for some reason, it streams fine for two TVs, but if I was at, like to play a PlayStation online or something, I could I would be lagging the entire time while the other TV is streaming. <laughs> God, I'm so which leads to me raging and cussing out and just getting off the game. So I can't. But are you are you installing it yourself or someone coming out to install it for you? Oh no, yeah, but, oh, shit! I got a technician coming out. This bitch. Oh, I can't. Me. I can't wait for him to set it up. Big. Oh yeah, your house can't handle more than seven. <laughs> That's what I'm dreading. <laughs> oh my god! It's like oh no, this, this house. The wires are ancient. You're gonna have to get everything rewired for more. Than yeah, this. that's what I'm expecting. But all right, that pretty much wraps it up. Thank you all for listening. This has been another installment of Below Five Hundred. Leave a like and subscribe to us on YouTube at Below 500 Podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts at Below 500. Listeners, if you have a question you would like us to answer on the next episode, follow us on Twitter at Below 500 Pod and tweet us your question or slide it into our DMs. Until next week, 
Goodbye. See y'all later.